Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we'll be asking the question, how do you go from being a newcomer dreaming of success in the music industry to selling out arenas all over the world? EDM sensation Steve Aoki and StockX founder Josh Luber talk about burnout, scaling, finding your audience and Steve's Guinness World Record, all at center stage of Collision 2019. We were joking backstage that this is the smallest crowd Steve's ever played to, so we appreciate you guys coming out for it. The, um, the, the topic, I think, is, uh, is I'll, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, which was the title of Steve's uh, documentary that came out about three years ago. And coming up uh, at the end of this year, um, Steve's memoir is going to come out, so I feel like we're kind of bookended on these two stories of, of your life and all the just um, unbelievable and massive amount of things that you do. Um, so, like, let's talk about some of those. Everyone knows you. I'll, I'll, I'll do a pre-roll, just so yeah. people have an idea. So, I'm sure you guys know me as a DJ. I'm a music guy. Um, but since we're talking about the fashion side of things, fashion, in my world, was always merch. You know, when I, when I first got into music, but it was very integral uh, it was an integral part of what I did musically. So, like, when I picked up a guitar, a microphone, back in the day, because I was in bands before I was a DJ, I picked up a, a self-screen kit, too. So, it's, like, I was learning how to play guitar, but I was also learning how to, like, screen T-shirts. And, yeah. and when you're 15, you don't think of fashion, you know? You're just, like, screen printing shirts with your friends and selling them for five bucks and, and having fun. And, and that, obviously, that transformation eventually leads to, you know, thinking about more sophisticated ways to, you know, make clothes and, and which brings you into the, you know, streetwear world yeah. or fashion. And as I got older, I just got more interested in that space. And, uh, and then, and I love collaborating. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely known as a music collaborator. I, I collaborate with K-pop artists, Latin artists, and, you know, EDM artists, obviously. But in fashion and in streetwear, that's what I love to do as well, you know? Like working with Bathing Ape, as you, know, you mentioned, and uh, having my own line, Dimmock, and using Dimmock as a platform to collaborate with street artists and, and fun stuff. And, uh, and, and also, you know, being involved in Vision Streetwear, you know, like jumping in that space, coning another brand, legacy brand. Um, and, and, and Dimmock now, in 2019, this is 22 years after I've started my label, the fashion program of the business is very much like, it's like a new child, because it needs needs me to help hold its hand and, and, you know, help that business elevate to where it can be on its own. Whereas Dimmock, the music business, we have a full floor of a building with 20 people working, you know, doing a great job with its own operator and I just like jump in, make sure everything's good, you know, throw some artists in there, discuss some executive plays for the business and it's on its own. Dimmock, the fashion brand, I'm, I'm like, I'm in it day to day. So it's, it's nice to have that too. It brings me back to when I was starting up businesses and gives me that like sense of like, if it doesn't work, I'm just gonna lose a lot of money so I have to focus into my own business again. So it's, it's like, that's my main platform right now. Yeah, which is, sort of takes back to what it was, 1996, 1997, Dimmock, the label, 
was started when you were also making t-shirts. And you want to give everyone just a, like a little brief history of how you like transitioned to actually becoming a DJ and doing it at that time where you know that that's actually not wasn't wasn't the, the starting point. Right. right? Yeah. Because so when I was in high school and when I started my label in college, um, I was in bands yeah. and I was in punk bands and we were playing in small rooms where it'd be like sometimes five people to 50 people tops. And 50 people is like me playing at a festival now, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, we get paid at the end of the day, you get paid like 20 bucks to 50 bucks. And you, you obviously do it for the love, you know? You, you, you like slave over your passion, not for the dollar, but just to get the music out there. And, um, and, and I guess, you know, I'm in a different space now, but, but the, 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 the thought process is very integral in my, the way I think about my music now. And I think it, that's what keeps me going and doing over 200 shows a year and, uh, you know, constantly making music is that as long as I know that I love what I do, I can continue to really put 100% of my DNA and my work ethic and all the above. Because now, like, you know, the money will come, and it has come, you know. And uh, if that becomes a driving force, then I feel like that for me, I, you know, I, I will get jaded or I will lose that that x factor that i that that like has brought me my career to this point i mean it's kind of why i asked that because in what was it in 2012 was the first year that guinness named you the most travel artist and that year you only did i was like 150 shows or 160 shows or something right well the truth okay, keep the, going up yeah the truth is know, 2012 this, we're, we're data companies so we want the real data on <laughs> on what the guinness numbers were okay so the truth is in 2012 i actually clocked over 300 shows so, but, but they, they could only, um, because they had to adjudicate off one site, Bands in Town, and Bands in Town only, only registered the, whatever, 168 shows. So um, we just had to agree, because they're like, either we take this number or we, you're just not going to get the award. And I, obviously, I went over that, but, you know, what am I going to do? Have they but, updated, um, that was 2012, have they updated that award each year? As you continue to break yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, we just never went back to that. Yeah. We're like, oh, we got it. We're good, you know. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, now I'm at like a comfortable number of like 220, 240 shows. Yeah, that's comfortable. Most people don't work 220 days a year. And I mean, I'm sure they, you guys yeah. probably travel and work over 200 days a year. Mm -hmm. So same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm lucky because I'm part of the 0.001 percentile where I get to do what I love, truly love to do, and make money from that. And that is, that is a blessing, and that is something that's very, very rare. You know, most people have to work grueling jobs to, do, to find time and make money just so they can do what they love to do. And I'm in this position where, you know, this is what I, you know, I make my money off this, you know, so, um, and I make a living off this. I, a healthy living off this, so I, it's it's been like uh, it's been incredible. It's an incredible journey for me. When when at what point did you start transitioning from the world's most traveled DJ to having all these opportunities to invest in these companies and start other brands? And then how did you find the time in between that, in between doing 200 shows a year, 
to, to be involved and help those brands? I think a lot of it is having an incredible team. You know, having an incredible team to, that is scouting those kinds of things out for me as well. And, uh, and, and, and my, my management, they're also, you know, they're also interested and they became savvy in the investment world. Um, as we're growing, we're like, we're all the same age, so we're all kind of like looking outward. And, um, and you know, I, I think it's always leveraging my, you know, who I am, my platform, and being able to jump into conversations with people that I would never have before. You know, so I've, I've learned how to do that in multiple ways in different fields. So when I, when I, when I think about outside the music space, how am I going to meet with Ray Kurzweil and talk about how we're going to be able to live forever and go to his apartment? I could do it if I'm like, I'm going to make a song about it. So I made a song called Singularity, and I asked him to be on it. And then it's like, hey, yeah, come on over to my apartment in, um, in the Bay Area. And, you also uh, created a foundation to raise money around that as well, right? Yes. And, and so in that, in that same scope, you know, um, I've been able to get in into investment rounds and uh, where it was, you know, it was difficult because it was more of a friends and family approach. But then like, hey, yeah, the, the, uh, the DJ, Steve Aoki wants to, wants to jump in on this, you know, like, so like sometimes it works, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't work. But, um, you know, in those cases, I've been lucky, you know, like yeah. getting in with SpaceX, I was like, because I'm such a fan of Elon Musk. And I, I'm a, you know, I believe in his vision. So I've always wanted to, you know, invest in, in like ideas that help change the world. Um, so I was very lucky to get in there. I was really lucky to get in early with Uber. Um, I was lucky to get in early with Spotify because that's definitely my, more of my world. Yeah. Um, but those, some of those investments allowed me to, you know, you know, I made some wrong investments too, <laughs> plenty. But because um, you just gotta do what you love to do with the people you love to do with. I think it's a very simple, generic thing to say, but I think it's a very human thing yeah. that if, as long as you love what you're doing, you, like you don't need anything else in return, right? And and also, the journey, the 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 journey is is just as important as the destination. So it's working on something together that's exciting. And without seeing the end goal, you know, sometimes the end goal doesn't really happen the way the exit doesn't happen. So let's just have fun while we're is doing that, it. Is that how you see your, your music career and still doing 200 plus shows a, a day? I mean, is there a, is there an, is there a time where you're not going to be doing 200 shows a year? You getting tired? Yeah, there, there's no exit plan for me. There's no like five year, 10 year exit plan. Um, it's like as if it's really, it's all in your head. So luckily I'm not like a pop singer where like once you get to a certain age, they just don't care about you. Um, you know, if, if my brain starts going in this direction, I'll probably follow where that goes and, and that's okay. But uh, I didn't expect to be where I am now, be doing what I'm doing now, that's for sure. Even maybe three or four years ago, but definitely not five to 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, definitely not 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, like now my life is so structured, I can see where I'll be in the next two years because I, you know, my team has such an infrastructure 
to be organized where we have to think at least a year in advance. Yep. Just on music alone. And fashion, I mean, streetwear, you have to think minimum a year out, right? You have to predict and hopefully hit the mark on what people want. Because at the end of the day, everything that we do, music, fashion, food, whatever that we put out to the world, it has to hit the mark. And if it doesn't hit the mark, it, you know, then you're, you know, you don't do well as a business, yeah. right? So um, I think one thing that I've learned as being a creator in the space is that um, I have to think, you know, I have to think a little bit ahead where when I'm making music, when I'm in the space actually creating something new, I have to think, is this going to be a little bit ahead where someone hasn't heard what I'm, what, what I'm working on that hasn't like touched the space yet, but it can't be too far ahead. Because yep. it's too far ahead, then I miss the mark. If it's, if it's like right on the dot of what people want, then I've also missed the mark because people just evolve and change. So that, that's, that soft spot right in the middle is very difficult to, you know, to navigate to. Um, not, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but were there any, I don't know, like big songs that you thought were going to hit it and were just too far ahead? I think that in my catalog, and th I think this, this is a testament across the board. Um, I'm not Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris, like, he hits the mark every time with his music. Like, every time he puts out a record, it sinks into the culture and people gravitate towards it and he gets his number one. Um, I'm, I'm very much the opposite where I'm on like, I, I gotta make 20 songs and hopefully one hits the mark. So I'm in the studio. So like for me, it's like I just need to be in the studio. I, since I already have that, I manage my expectations in a, in a way where whatever I put out to the wherever I put out to the world has like it's my own hit. It's yeah. my own personal hit. So I've allowed that to be for me, and and you know my hope is that I'll hit hit the mark at least one out of. 10, 15, you know, whatever, whatever round number. I like, I like to play numbers games, so it's like, it's like, you know, you know, attaining certain things. I like to hit like, okay, I had 10 records, hopefully one of them makes it, you know. If I don't, I have to stretch it out further. That means I have to work twice, you know, twice as hard. Yeah. So, uh, because I have that, you know, because I've learned how to do a certain level of discipline, um, that's, I think that's partially why I work hard, at least for myself, yeah. so that that way I can stay relevant in the culture. I, I mean, that's a really interesting way to look at it in terms of just volume to put it out there. Because Vol yeah, volu us, yeah. Volume is important. You know, they always say quality, not quantity, but I'm definitely quantity with quality. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, it's just, it's so saturated, especially as, as an industry becomes popular it gets saturated and the big players also lose out you know the big players lose out when they think they're sitting pretty so you know I might be a big player but I could easily lose out yeah. and so I I just don't have like I'm I'm I don't know if it's like an anxiety or a rush to continue to put out so much so I can be part of culture or if it's my 
drive or what, I don't know what that is. I still need to talk to my therapist about that kind of stuff. But, um, but like I, I know it, like I'm always in the studio. I'm always working on stuff. I'm always playing shows because I'm like, you know, because I, I want to be, because I care about what I do yeah. at the end of the day. I, and I, I care about my work and I want it to have an effect on people. A lot of producers they, like, that I know, a lot of producers are like, I don't, I, I don't want to be on stage. I don't want to tour. And like, I'm like, you're missing out. Like, you're missing out being on stage, seeing people like, feel something. Because music at the end of the day is just a way to connect to people. You know, it's just another way to connect to people. This is just my natural way to connect to people is making music and, and then like seeing that. For other people, it could be, you know, making shoes or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. So I, I think we actually ran over um, and I stood up here and asked you questions all day. So I, I feel like we're probably going to come kick us off the stage. But thank you very much for, for sharing this with everyone. I hope that it was at least somewhat interesting to, uh, to hear about it. And um, yeah, man, thanks. Thank you.